We have audio always at turning180.com. Today's message, I'm going to ask for you to pause, no matter what you're doing right now, to pause in respect for the reading of God's Word. For faith cometh by hearing, says the Scripture. And this is John chapter 5, verses 2, 3, and 4. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. This is the reading of the Word of God. Thanks be to God. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word and your faith be increased for hearing it. Bethesda is the location of this story, not far from the temple, but far enough. And in that location where Bethesda is, were many wounded, sick, injured people. In Bethesda they came, and in Bethesda they waited. Bethesda for them meant the house of mercy. It also was the house of healing, the house of hope, the house of restoration for whoever was into the water first, when it was stirred or troubled, they would find healing. But only one, the first, not the second, always the first. And those who need hope waited patiently. And who needs hope? Who is it that needs hope? I would say most everyone sometime or another needs a dose of hope. And maybe you need hope today. Maybe you need some encouragement to find that hope. And maybe you're one of those folks who's been waiting for something that still hasn't come. At the pool of Bethesda, it was the first person into the pool after the water was stirred. They had to be the quickest. But if you're injured worse than another or weaker than another, you wouldn't be the quickest. So you'd have to wait for another day. Another troubling of the water, another stirring, healing movement, and hope that that day you were the quickest. Until then, you waited. Now, I'm not the quickest in this world, I know that. I'm not the strongest either. And I'm waiting my turn in line to be the quickest, and I'll never be the quickest person in this world. And maybe those at Bethesda waiting were waiting such a long time hoping that one day would be their day. Maybe they were thinking, maybe I'll be the luckiest one today. Maybe I won't need the strength and the speed and I'll just happen to be near the water pulling some water for bathing or to drink and it'll stir that and I'll just be the lucky one today. And maybe we think that way about our lives. Maybe today I'll be lucky and I'll get some break that I was waiting on. Maybe if you have an online presence, your video went viral and everything changed all of a sudden. Or something miraculous happened to you and, and you can stop waiting. Because everyone in Bethesda is waiting. And all they want to do is stop waiting and be healed. Well, that's the goal, isn't it? To stop waiting, to get what you want, right? 
Just like those in Bethesda who were waiting, what do you wait for? What are you waiting on? Is there some sort of event coming up? Like a birth of a grandchild? Maybe housework to be done around the house? That's something I'm waiting on. Actually, two things. Maybe you're waiting on a windfall profit. Are your stocks to go back up? Maybe you're waiting for a physical healing, an emotional healing, a mental healing, or for, your, uh, for yourself or somebody else. Or maybe you're waiting to work for a promotion, that I'll get a promotion, I'll get recognized for the hard work I've done, and they're going to boost me way up. Maybe you're waiting on an answer from God. Maybe you're looking for confirmation for a direction for your life, or maybe you feel like you need to make a change, and, and now's the time. Maybe you've been praying and waiting for clarity. Just can't quite figure it out. Maybe you don't know what your purpose is or what your significance is in this world. And like Mark Twain says, maybe you're thinking in the same vein that there are two most important days in a person's life are the day they're born and the day they find out why. So maybe you're looking for your purpose, your significance, what you need to be doing. Or maybe you've already spent a lot of time on this planet and you're waiting for retirement. Some of us have retired recently. And we've waited a long time expecting our lives to be different then. Maybe you're waiting for an empty nest. I know what that was like. And maybe that's what you're going through. And maybe you're fearing an empty nest. How about this? Maybe you're waiting on your next paycheck so you can pay the bills. Because you're just too far behind. You can't seem to ever catch up. And maybe, maybe you're waiting on Amazon for their next delivery. (laughs) A lot of people always wait on that. And uh, like my dad, every now and then, I like to wait on the mail. So when the mail comes, I like to go out and get it and see who sent me something. And hopefully not the bill collectors or something unexpected like that. So what do you wait for? Those at Bethesda knew, at least they thought they knew what they were waiting for. They were waiting for the water to move. There's a legend of healing in it that when the waters were troubled or stirred, the first person in, as I said, would find healing. But there's a legend to this. You see, miraculous happened there. When the waters were stirred, some people found out, yes, healing is possible. So the rumor and legend grew. But there's a reason why and how they explained it. They explained it this way. They said an angel would come down to stir the water. But there was more to that story than what originally was told. And that is that they believed that the water stirred for quite a while because the angel didn't just stir the water. The angel came to bathe in it. So if you were the first in, you were bathing with angels. Now that would be something, wouldn't it? But, you know, an angel needing a bath seems kind of preposterous to me. And the miraculous there because of that, it doesn't seem to me to be the true agent of how God works. But they believed that. And that's what they waited for. The angel of God for healing. And it may seem odd or mythological to you. And some of them may have thought, well, this, this isn't really an angel. It's just folklore, wives' tale. But there they did wait. And they waited nonetheless. <laughs> and you know... While they're waiting, and when while you're waiting for something, I think it's common that until that thing, whatever it is that we're waiting for happens, 
we feel like God has invalidated us or life has invalidated us. We feel less than, like we're not quite as important, we're inconsequential because God hasn't noticed us or life hasn't turned our direction and we feel like we're bystanders on the outskirts of living. Sometimes we feel like we're a failure because we can't seem to get over this hump we're waiting to get over. Some of us have shame over that. And some of us feel worthless. And we think, I'm waiting. And one day, just one day, all that will be gone. And all the things that we're trying to get rid of or find in the waiting. But i got to ask you a question today. What if it never comes? that what you're waiting for? What if that never happens? Have you considered your options? What is your choice when that possibility could occur? That you're not the first in the water? What will you do then? In the story I've read in John chapter 5, we find out that there's a man who's been there 38 years and has never been the quickest into the water. And yet he waits. And when we wait, how do we wait? How do you wait? And I don't mean how, like, you know, sit in a chair. I mean how. Like, what are you doing while you wait? Maybe the people in Bethesda were no different than you and I and how they were waiting for the water. Wouldn't you think that maybe some of them were patient? Maybe the early rivers? Or maybe this guy who had it for 38 years wasn't patient anymore. He's just resolved that that's his life, that he would never be healed. But he still waited. Some people angrily waited as others went ahead of them, took their place, and though they had been there longer, it's just not fair. Someone there 38 years and no one recognizes that as important and gives him first place and helps him. Nobody. Maybe you wait hopeful. Maybe some of them were still hopeful. Some were anticipating the stirring and looking and Causing great anxiety. What if I'm not the first? What if I never get healed? What what am I going to do? And all these anxious thoughts running through their heads. Some were fearful. What if someone pulls me back when I'm almost in? What What if it doesn't work? Some wait hopeless. I'm waiting, but it's really not going to happen to me. Yes, it may have worked for others, but maybe not me. And maybe they question why. Why? How do you wait? Do the whys get to you sometimes? Like, why this predicament? Why now? Why here? Why this? Why me? Do the whys paralyze you? Do the why nots get to you, if not the whys? Why not somebody else? Why not answer my prayers, God? Why not speak to me, God? Why not heal me? The whys and the why nots in these questions always focus on a few things. And one of those is either away from ourselves or we feel victimized and invalidated and looking for it. And yet at the same time, we blame externals for it. You know, God, if you cared for me, you'd really do this. Someone else is ahead of me. It's their fault. It's not 
because of anything I've done, I've got this malady. I didn't want this. I didn't ask for this. So it's not really my responsibility to own this because somebody else created it for me. The hardest thing to do in the whys and why nots is to say, regardless of where it came from, this is what I live with. Whether I wait hopefully or hopelessly, anxiously or confidently, it's still what we live with. It's what we own for ourselves. So what do we do in the meantime? While we're waiting, what do you do? Do you stew about? Maybe quietly simmering under your temperament that this is not right, I'm waiting and I'm getting a little angrier and wondering why it's not happening and why it's not happening for me, why it's not happening to somebody else. And sometimes, now, sometimes these situations are people we love that are in situations and God's not acting and we're simmering about that. God, I prayed, I asked. They need it. They, they, they're good people. I've seen a lot of people who are godly people who went home far too soon. Many people who could have impacted this world for the greater good of God. Maybe instead of simmering inside, you refuse to participate in life in those areas. God, if you're not going to help me here, I'm not going to do anything for you there. Or God, if you won't give me something that I need... I'm not going to do anything for you. Maybe you do that kind of bargaining with God, and so you kind of refuse to participate in your own life rather than in what you think God's asking you to do. And so part of you shut off from the world. Maybe that's how you wait and while you're waiting. Or maybe you express anger while you're waiting. The injustice of it all to all who are listening to you, including on online, social media, trying to find an audience to feel justified in your anger for not getting what you want while waiting. Maybe that's you. But to all those questions and all the ways we wait, I want to know why we seldom act in faith until it's the last option. Why don't we act in faith, regardless of the circumstance? Isn't God a God of the day and a God of the night? The God of the joy and the God of the sorrow, the God of, of uh, happy and peaceful moments, as well as the deeper internal struggles. Isn't he still God? Isn't he still who he was, regardless of what is in our lives? Isn't God transcendent, even when we're not? And maybe sometimes that's what hangs us up the most, is we're not transcendent. We can't rise above. And we realize our frailty as people and our mortality on earth. Maybe that is why we get angry. Maybe that's why we want to find others to blame so we don't have to feel so empty inside. But I have to tell you the truth this morning. The fact is, unless and until Jesus enters the picture of our waiting, we're waiting in vain. Regardless of the solutions that come, and Jesus isn't a part of it. As Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, it's all vanity. What's it matter? We're going to find answers, and then one day we're still going to end up in the grave. We can't just invite Him into our struggle. But we have to trust and become willing 
or more willing at times to invest in Him and His kingdom even if the answer never comes. And that takes courage. Why? Because this waiting isn't about you. When God has us in a time of waiting, it isn't about us. It's about our character. It's about whether or not we trust God, not about the answer we wait for. And He wants us to get our eyes off the circumstances of life onto the author of life. And when these people are waiting at Bethesda, what they're waiting for is an angel to come down and intervene supernaturally. We do not have to wait for an angel because God is with us because Jesus Christ is alive today. He was born, He died, He's resurrected, and He's with us now. We don't have to wait to trust, follow, and be obedient regardless of circumstances. We make Him aware, but He already knows. And we share those with Him because He is the one and only one who can change circumstances and work them toward His purpose. But listen to this. Sometimes when we bring those to Him, we'll find that He says, I'm aware. But you don't know what I'm doing. And you can wait for an answer or you can just trust me and do what I've asked and love other people, love me, and continue to spread the good news of the gospel. What are you waiting for? Because it's in the waiting that your character and your relationship with Christ is revealed. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, your word to us is always yes in Jesus Christ. And yes, sometimes hard to come by and hard to be patient. But Heavenly Father, you said the gift of grace that you give to us comes in your presence. And patience is fruit from your Holy Spirit, which we seek now, and I ask to indwell in us in ways we haven't seen before. That the patience which we receive as fruit actually helps us to endure that others may also be patient and see that our character has been molded and is founded and grounded in you. I don't know always why we have to wait or why answers don't come. But I don't have to know. What I have to know is you. And I don't have to blame the world around me or people in it or circumstances. I can simply say, Lord, this is the circumstance. I ask you to do something about it, but I trust you regardless. I'll follow you faithfully. I'll do as you ask. And I'll love you with all that I am. And Heavenly Father, I believe that's a prayer you can answer. And sometimes our circumstances will change in the stirring of the waters of our heart by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I ask today, if today's that day, that someone needs that healing that you are willing to stir up in them, that you do it right now. Whether it's physical, emotional, mental, 
spiritual, financial, relational, or community-wise, Heavenly Father, or your church. I'm asking right now, as we come before you in prayer, humbly asking you to remind us that that is possible when you enter in. We don't live with guarantees, Lord, I know that. The only guarantee is that you love us and those who belong to you belong to you forever. And so I ask this morning that you would give us the assurances in our heart and mind that you are with us, that you've seen our waiting. And we who've waited on you will have our strength renewed. May we be here now, thankful and grateful, molded after you. I pray this, Heavenly Father, that you'd receive all the praise, honor, and glory right now. Amen. That concludes our service. I want to announce once more, Panera Bread returns Tuesday, 9 o'clock, Paducah Panera, Family Kitchen next Saturday, 9.30 workers. Our Christmas is next weekend. Pray for the workers and caterpillars. Our senior dinner at Palestine is on the 18th at 11.30. And our food pantry at New Liberty, 5 o'clock. Our pastor parish committee meeting will be next Sunday at 12.30. Charge wide for all the committee members at Palestine. And the Christmas house, which has finished up their work for this year, this past week. The updated information and pictures are on the Purchase District Facebook page. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for praying. I'm on demand, and I am going to see you all next week. I pray that all are healthy and safe. May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and give you his peace. Amen.